What is the best business advice you ever received and or maybe that you would give? Uh, One, I mentioned, but I didn't say exactly what it was. So back when I started the school, my first school in New York, um, out of the apartment, my husband said, wait till there's a line at the door. And when you're in it, um, you're kind of like, oh, really? Like, I got to wait? What do you mean? Like, you're not going to support me to have, you know, space. And, and he was so supportive in everything. So what he meant by that is wait until people keep coming so that you're guaranteed that your room is full. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. Hello, hello. Today, we have the pleasure of having Amy Cohen in studio here today. Uh, Amy is an entrepreneur and beauty expert and the CEO and founder of Chic Studios School of Makeup. Amy began with an outpost in New York and then quickly grew her studios to include Los Angeles and pop-up in Denver. Chic Studios, under Amy's leadership, was able to expand its offerings during 2020 to successfully launch a full menu of online makeup training programs. She regularly facilitates masterclasses for aspiring artists and is the driving force behind numerous women's networkings networking events, blah, bringing together small businesses and energizing women toward growth and success. She recently launched the Chic Retreat under the Chic Experience umbrella to connect and inspire like-minded women and creative entrepreneurs worldwide. Originally from Canada, Amy has worked extensively in both LA and New York, refining her skills both as a makeup artist and a business owner and leader. She started her very first makeup school business out of an apartment in Brooklyn and has been growing since 2009 with 3,500 plus graduates, wow, from all over the world. Amy is a regular speaker on panels and regularly contributes to the learning and growth of numerous small community-based nonprofits and small businesses. Welcome, Welcome. Amy. (laughs) Thank you. Wow, that was... Sounds good. <laughs> I feel like your new job should be reading audiobooks. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. Amy. <laughs> I read uh, well, that a couple times, but even I was like, wow, she's kind of a big deal. I know. Once I Googled her on Instagram and I was like, she is a big deal. So welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Amy and Alex. And I know we're missing Isabella today, but thanks, ladies. You it's a betcha. pleasure. Thanks for taking time for us. We super appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And we cannot wait to pick your brain. Um So you are a mom and a wife and an owner of multiple businesses, um, and you are going to tell us how you managed to keep it all together or not keep it all together at times. (laughs) (laughs) That's the key word, not Not always at all times. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Let's jump into it, right? Jump into it, yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I just want to say, and for anybody listening to this podcast, the number one, I don't know if it's a tip of advice or just personal experience, but you don't have to have it all together at all times. And I certainly don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have not over the years. So I think for me, it's just balancing and balance. It's an ebb and a flow. Sometimes the pendulum swings to one side. The other time it's, you know, it's never just stagnant or even keel because, mm-hmm. you know, the minute you juggle kids and life and travel and business and just personal development and growth, um, which I prioritize and we'll probably chat more about. I'm married, so I have a husband. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that um, the most important thing to emphasize is that you don't have to have it all together at all times. And the balance is always different um, at different points of life. Right. 
Yeah. So yeah. when you went into, because you were an entrepreneur when you had your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to, how am I going to balance this? Or how did you kind of navigate that transition? Yeah. I, um, you know, thinking back to, as, as Amy read the bio, it's interesting because I found what I love to do really early on. Um, But again, that's just my journey. Anybody listening, if you're just finding it now, that's awesome. And it's great that you found it. I think that's the most important thing at Mm -hmm. any age, at any time in your life. When you find what you love to do, do it. Really, really do it. Um, And so I, I love beauty and I went to school for business, but I had no idea what kind of business I was creating or going to create and had no idea what my future would hold and the direction I was going to take. Um, but I knew and and really from the core was very ambitious. I was willing to, you know, work late if I needed to. I was willing to, you know, go out extra days if I needed to. It did not matter to me, but as you said, Alex, I didn't have kids starting. So when I left Canada um, as a makeup artist, so I didn't always have my schools. Um, those started you know, down the road just as part of a career evolution. But when I started um, in, in uh, Los Angeles, moving to America, it was all on me. So that hustle, like really hard um, with no kids felt a lot easier. Um, And then when I started, when I had kids, um, a huge part of just ideas and growth and, and professional development it's in you, right? So when, you know, that date is set that you actually start a business, most of that work has been done years before. Uh, And so I knew I wanted to have a business. And when I had um, our first son, Luca, who's now 12, uh, it was like, I worked so hard pregnant because I felt great and was super like keen on having things, you know, set up for when he was born that, um, you know, when he was born, it was kind of like the floodgates open baby and, you know, (laughs) business that you can't you know, you can't undo anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it just kept propelling from there. Cool. So what did a, did you have a maternity leave? What did that look like for you? And, you know, the hustle that you talked about, you were probably a very prominent part of your business. So being able, were you able to step away a little bit? Did you have key people in place or what did that look like? Were you working and breastfeeding at the same time? <laughs> oh, one million percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So I lived in America and for both kids um, through breastfeeding, which I did um, with Luca longer. Uh, we went about nine months together um, and then I had a trip planned at about a 10-month mark and he got a little cold and um, we were both good and he was done. So with Rocco, I it was a lot shorter. He did not like it at all. <laughs> and we did three months together and moved to formula. So, which again is a huge part of motherhood and, you know, um, being guilt-free about whatever works best for your child. Um, and so I'm sure there'll be questions about that or just, you know, in in the comments because that's, I think, a huge guilt that that mothers have. But to answer your question with breastfeeding, there's not really, when you own a business, you don't get a maternity leave. There, right. There's no like, I'm the one writing kind of, you know, um, the rules, quote unquote. But I had a team in place, and, but I I was excited and really, you know, focused on what I wanted. I only had one school at the time with with first. And so, no, there was no downtime. I was working in the hospital. I was happy to stay for a couple of days, but in America, they kind of kick you out pretty quick. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> you're home and 
Yeah. yeah. And right back th- at it. Yeah, totally. Right back yeah. at it. Do you think, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because we always think in Canada, maternity leave, a year long, now 18 months. The States, if people get it, it's like three months or something maximum, right? Uh, Do you think it just creates that culture of just keep going? Keep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Burnout. Absolutely. I think that is why it's such a big topic of discussion because, you know, as women continue to thrive and push, you know, through boundaries, um, you know, historically in in career, you know, um, moves that when you have children, there's so much. There's actually one very important piece that a man cannot fill that void, right? And it is if you're going to breastfeed and obviously carrying the child, right? There's those two. Um, However, there is, you know, the ability to... I think have um, bridges gapped where, you know, th- places, there are states that are having um, in America mothers' um, feeding rooms. So you can bring your child, you can um, like nursing rooms, and um, which is great, but not everywhere has them. And that was certainly not even like on the table for, you know, when I had um, either um, boy. And so, yeah, I think it's a culture that, you know, can definitely evolve. <laughs> And grow and um, be, you know, more like Canada for sure. Because most of my friends, the longest maternity that any of my friends have had, and this is because they've chosen to take it, was three months. It's actually more like six to eight weeks. Right, wow. So it's really, really not a lot and not enough. You're still like in the surge of hormones. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's starting to become a bit more prevalent. Like I'm seeing now more people, you know, even... So many entrepreneurs, you know, it's kind of like, hey, well, I just, you're, my kids are coming with me. And kind of over COVID, we saw that where it was like, you know, people are doing Zoom meetings in their home and it's like, well, these are my kids and they're everywhere. And it kind of just becomes the norm a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I'd love to see that if it was like, you know, I'm a working mom, but this is what my life looks like now. Sometimes I have a little one in tow, you know, or sometimes I have, I have to breastfeed or my husband's dropping off or, you know, I think maybe because I'm in Canada, mm-hmm. I see a little bit more of that. I can't speak to the US, but... um I know, yeah, I think that would be, we're starting to see it a little bit, but. Yeah, for me, it was, so back the, back when I started, so 2009, school number one, um, Luca was born in 2010, so a year later. And what I did that worked good for me was I lived nearby my school. Um, so you mentioned starting in the apartment. Yeah, I did, and that is true. And and I'm very just proud that I started and had yeah. people come before I took over a space and had rent and had all those you know commitments and priorities. Um, so I could test the market, but quickly did I move out. So my first uh, about five classes were were in the apartment, and then I I moved out. So. Luca as a baby was coming to the office with me. Um, I'd put him in the stroller, we'd go out or I'd get help. Um, and then I could, you know, I'd get the morning ready with him or feed him. And then off I'd go for a couple hours, pop in, you know, um, during lunch break. But I taught up until I gave birth basically in the classroom. Um, and so a lot of people don't know that. So even though I manage and run the schools now, I started off teaching um, day classes, night classes, then had a baby, hired an evening instructor. I still felt committed to the day class. And then just obviously as he was born, um, started delegating more. Uh, and so it's just grown from there. And so how do you think, now I'm sure probably what you would deem and how you managed to have balance with your kids and family time is maybe a little different now than it was then. So tell us a little bit about how you managed to rope in family time. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So you made a point earlier about, um, you know, if you brought your kid that they would see that or, you know, bring them to work and and you paint that picture for them. So that becomes normal. I've done that from day one. So everything, um, I've never been a nine to five uh, person in terms of running a business. Uh, So on the weekends, if I needed to work, it would be, you know, before they got up or, um, you know, when Luca was little, we lived in New York City. And so we, there were so many amazing things things to do on the weekends. Um, So I'd minimize what I would do and or do it in the evenings. So I just shifted everything that I did and when I did it. Mm. Um, Family's always been, you know, important and probably my top priority. Um, But also the reality is, and I'm very truthful about it, is my business is a top priority as well. Mm. Um, But the well-being and the health and the priority of attention and you know, making sure my kids have what they need. And, you know, we as a family, you know, my husband and I um, are a unit and that sort of thing. So communication um, has always been something that's been important. And I think just reality, just knowing what is needed now during Mm -hmm. this phase um, and then moving through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying, yeah, like you said, your husband and you as a unit, I think, I don't remember where we were with, I think it was an event we were all going to, but I remember you being like, it sounded like you guys had such a good in syncness about that. Like you had prepped something for dinner. He um, was going to carry on making the dinner. I was like, oh, this is really nice. So like, tell us a bit about that, how you <laughs> balance all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I will start that piece off because it's not, I wouldn't say it's not always been that way. My husband's always been the way he's been. So it's been awesome to have somebody who is cheering me on and wants to see me as successful as I will and I want to be. So I'll kind of preface that. But then there's the piece that he's been so busy in his career at times where we were traveling around and doing everything that, you know, he was out doing. Um, And I'd be working on the road, you know, whether it was emails or writing new curriculums or baby in tow. Um, So as a unit, um, things have been so different at all different times, right? When we lived in America, we started in New York, um, started with no kids. Then we had kid number one, um, Luca. Then when we moved to Los Angeles uh, and Rocco, and you know, then we have two dogs and a house versus an apartment and more business and more responsibility, so on and so forth. So you kind of get that snowball effect. The number one thing that has never changed is just who my husband is, right? So to him as a person. Uh, and so he's like, okay, let me read the room, so to speak. <laughs> right? <laughs> Smart man. So, yeah. yeah. So he will definitely, um, we're super equal in the sense of... Um, responsibility with the kids. Like he wants to take them to jujitsu and taekwondo. He wants to see them, you know, um, you know, just he's, uh, he's on time all the time. Whereas sometimes I push a little. And so <laughs> the kids are never late with, with, uh, with Michael taking them to school. And then he goes to the gym. So he kind of has his routine and it just works well for us. Nice. Whereas I get to start my day at home and I don't, I get them ready and feed them and, you know, they get themselves ready at this point, but uh, make sure that they're fed and off they go. So it's kind of a nice balance. Nice. Yeah. So what I see from you, and Mm. because I know you a little bit, um, I feel like you have really good boundaries and good time management. Um, I know your schools are on a different time zone. Mm -hmm. So you have mentioned to me that you have to be really organized with that. Um, And I feel like in our conversations, you've talked about you have pretty good boundaries about when you work and when you shut it all off. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, yes. I 
I and I said this recently, and I, I this will come off, and I'll explain myself very <laughs> selfishly. <laughs> so what I mean by this, and what I'm going to say is, I prioritize myself. So and I always have because I truly always want to feel good. If I don't feel good. Like just imagine having, you know, everything, you know, the weight of running a business, multiple businesses, you know, my kids being happy, actually feeling great doing things with them. I would feel pretty not great doing things with them if I'm not feeling great. So I have prioritized that. And it for me, it could be so different to someone else and what that is. You know, so for me, it's going to get my nails done. It is, you know, having like a weekend where I make sure that everything is in the calendar so that we can, so they can have chill time and then I can have chill time, (laughs) right? So it's like, I don't need to be around them all the time and they don't want to be around us all the time, right? So for them to get, you know, device time, it's like, okay, that's a priority, but, you know, everything that needs to get done gets done and we all win. So I prioritize myself um, and then, you know, everything just... Goes from yeah, it really does come from there. And I don't think that's selfish. Like I think Glennon Doyle would agree with you. That's her big <laughs> thing. But you know, prioritizing yourself. Yeah. Because you can't make anybody else happy if you're not happy. But as women, we're kind of taught, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. oh, make everybody else happy. But you start with yourself and yeah. then that radiates outwards, right? A hundred percent. Like exactly. There'll never be a time that I would, you know, plan something that would you know, I, I wouldn't be there to pick my kids up or I wouldn't be there for any of their, you know, competitions or or games ever, like never. Um, but I put those into my calendar. So that's the second point that you mentioned, Amy, is I time block everything. And I, I started doing that five years ago and it was my husband's suggestion. He's like, oh my gosh, Amy, like seriously, like start time blocking. I'm like, what is that? And I'm like <laughs> Googling it. And there is time boxing. This is different. Time blocking, super simple. So time boxing is where you, are um, you look at what a task is as a whole and you plug it in so you can end it on a certain time. My life does not work like that. I cannot time box. Because like if I had a deadline of something, I know what the deadline is, but I might finish it this weekend because I'm just, I want to do it and get it done with. But even though it has to be done next month. So for me, it's not time boxing. So for anybody Googling time blocking, that is what I do. My calendar is all color coded and I'm a writer. So I put it in my calendar. I use Google Calendar. And so I see it, but I still write my tasks out because I physically like to check things off and mark it and notate. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's progress, right? It's when you see it, you really like how great when you've accomplished something. Uh, And so time blocking is color-coded. Everything with my family is in there. My husband can see what's going on with the family and he'll plug things in. Um, So if I want to do a girl's night, oh, okay, the boys have this. So maybe I'll do it the next night or when it's you know, something works out. Um, Same with work. I prioritize when I'm doing chic studio stuff, when I'm doing freelance stuff, when I'm doing just fun stuff, travel, Mm -hmm. um, friend time, all of that. So time blocking. Time blocking. Yeah. Well, I think you're making it work. One thing (laughs) I love so much, and I tell everyone this, I say your events are, if it ends at 
you know, let's say five o'clock, it ends at five o'clock. There is no, like, you don't have to worry about, I love that so much. Like, it's like, Kate, yeah, you're wrapped up, you know. So you obviously, that trickles over into your business and your personal life as well. You know, your personal life trickles over into your business. So, um, so do you usually kind of, do you have like a ritual where you plan on Sunday nights or do you kind of do it as a month as a whole or what does that look like for you? Yeah, <laughs> I like that because I used to do it actually on Sunday nights and <laughs> I kind of changed that. So the weekends as a whole. So sometimes it's Saturday, sometimes it's Sunday. And this is back to my point of when your kids are, you know, they're in a different, they're doing different things right now or their time, their schedule is different. Uh, So for instance, Rocco has soccer. Well, right now he's an indoor. So it's Saturdays. So Saturdays, he doesn't get device time before soccer. And so um, the mornings are, he He's always bored. You know, I'm bored. <laughs> bored. Yeah, exactly. Such an I'm like, where's my with babysitter with that iPad? <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, so he wants to do more things, which is fine. So Sundays do become more of my chill day or Saturday afternoons. So after, you know, um, soccer. But when, you know, it's outdoor, sometimes the weekends, it, it's games, this and that, it changes. Um, so I would say just as the weekend as a whole is now my planning for the week ahead, I look forward to it. I, I'm, I Mondays, I'm so happy on a Monday because I have so much to do and I just get into it. Um, but it kind of starts on the weekend of, you know, figuring out what I'm doing and getting shit done. <laughs> do you kind of look at the whole month too at the beginning of the month or are you mostly week by week kind of block it up? So if I'm traveling, it's months in advance. So like I know that I'm like my February trip that's coming up for fashion week was planned already in October, November because I'm planning events and I'm doing things that require me to either A, be there or commit to that schedule so that I know what the heck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so with travel quite far in advance with just day to day and kids and all of that. I would say within the month, like I'm definitely looking, but between my husband and I and actually executing, it's more within the week. We look at like the weekend. Okay. What do we have coming up this week? Um, he loves to golf. And so it's like, okay, like, you know, he, he does indoor with his, um, buddies on Tuesdays. So I know Tuesdays, I actually work late those, those nights. Um, and so it's just a balance. Yeah. What do we all need? And um, what do the boys need? And we get it done. I re- I'm going to try this calendar system. You always yeah. can tell calendar people, like when Amy <laughs> mentioned calendar, <laughs> yeah. your face like lit up in excitement about this color-coded calendar. Because so, I get everything done. Yeah. Alex, it's a game changer. Okay. It is so simple. That's what I want people to really, really... So A, Google it if you don't know what it is. But B... Find colors that make you happy too. When you look at my calendar and I can actually show um, um, people what it looks like. I, you know, have everything in there that needs to get done. Even Peloton, if I work out. So if I don't get a Peloton in, I know that's my gym time, but it gets moved. So it doesn't, it's at 11 o'clock every day. That's when I have it. I don't get up um, anymore first thing in the morning to work out. I used to in my teens, sorry, not my teens, my 20s. Um, but with kids, it's just not a reality for me um, anymore. And so I do it, I try and do it every day before noon. Um, and if like today or sometimes on the weekends, yesterday I went at three o'clock. So, but then I see it. If I don't see it, chances are it's not going to get done. Yeah. And then I'm going to feel like, oh, dang, like I could have done that, right? Like that could have waited and I could have done that. So it's all priorities for other people. You know, it might just be going for a walk or it might just, you know, movement of any kind. Um, you know, even yeah. just reading a book. 
Yeah. Like you don't have to necessarily put reading a book, but you could put in your time blocking just me time. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. can be whatever you want it to be. So Yeah, I did light up when she said that because I do I, I do that as well. And I use Google Calendar. What I recently realized is I wasn't putting time in for my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. So you I do all in. my tasks. And then at the end of the day, they're the last thing on the list. So now you're mm-hmm. like, I thought, okay, I got to have the kids. You literally, like you said, have to time block that in or yeah. it won't get done. It's yeah. not on the list. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and be realistic with it, right? If you yeah. just put, you know, a two-hour workout every day, like how realistic is that for working moms? Like it's, yeah. right? But yeah. when I was going to my trainer, I had to put it in for two hours. I had goals that I set for myself back in June and I had to put it in for two hours because that was reality. I drove 25 minutes to get there, mm-hmm. did a 10-minute warm-up, trained for an hour to an hour and 10 minutes and drove home. It was two hours. Right. So I didn't put it in my calendar for an hour because that wasn't realistic. Yeah. I can't plan a call. I can't schedule anything. I'm literally like... driving at that point, right? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I would say that's where I get a little tripped up is that I underestimate timing all the time. Yeah. It's always nice to have more time. Yeah, you think it's going to take 30 minutes and then now you're trickling over. Yeah. But do you think (laughs) also like, I guess to your point, Amy, other Amy, Amy, (laughs) um, like sometimes... Do you feel other Amy one here? Do you feel like you put too many back to back things in your calendar? Like, is it better to be like, okay, I can only prioritize this many things in a day? Well, I think it's back to that first piece that everything goes in as a time block, everything. So, even personal time, right? Mm. Even me time, even. Um, so the entire day is time blocked, right? And things do change and they do shift. So, you know, for me, seven to eight is my kid's time. Do I spend an hour all the time? No, usually they're like, you know, now Luca, he wants a shower in the morning. Rocco's already done that. He's got to be brushing his teeth, this, that, and the other thing. They sit and eat for, you know, 15 minutes max, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, 12 minutes. Um, and then they're, you know, getting ready for school. And so, but I have it in an, as an hour because I like to talk to them and I like to connect with them. Sometimes they have different mornings. So, you know, that's an ebb and a flow, but that's in there. I don't schedule a call yeah, with, because uh, I deal with um, East Coast time. So if anything, if I need a morning call, I'll do it before seven o'clock. Right. Mm. Right. Because it's nine o'clock um, or and by that time it's 10 o'clock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She does have good boundaries. I know. Yeah. So yeah. then you're so just good. available for them. Yes. If, if they need you and if they don't, then great. You're, you're kind of doing yeah. something. But... Well, another thing actually that came, yes, uh, it is true that if it's not in there to happen. Um, but there's a lot of leeway, right? When I put in my schedule, for instance, freelance time. Yeah. Freelance time can be almost anything. And it's pretty much in my calendar at least three days a week. So mm. it's not every day. Mondays are usually never freelance time because I'm really busy with chic the school um, between, you know, I mean, the list, the list is long. I won't bore, bore people with what my day looks like, but... Um, anything that I prioritize with Chic Studios, things come up all the time. Just my email box, my email inbox will will fill up. And so I don't put freelance on Mondays because that wouldn't be realistic. However, there has been some Mondays, um, especially if my husband travels, and I'm home with the boys. I'll then take them to jujitsu, and because um, they've got do martial arts a couple of days a week. 
I'll work after the boys are in bed. Whereas on a Monday, I like my husband and I will watch a show or something like that. So those random Mondays, I might do freelance. Then I'll plug it in. But mm. that's not going to be something that I'm thinking about. It just may happen. Um, and so I think it's just being really honest and and sincere about what I'm willing to do. <laughs> right. And flexible, it sounds like. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. There's some days that I've had to, you know, remove my workout. Um, in or minimize it from my hour that I see because I did not do an hour and I only did like a 15-minute Peloton or something like that, right? So it's like, okay, but I look at what I've done and it's like, you know what? Okay, yeah, Mm. that's what got done today. (laughs) I would say that's my challenge is that I have about 50 things I want to do in a day. No, that's what I was sort of nicely (laughs) suggesting. (laughs) Sometimes she's like, my head hurts when Amy tells me what she's doing. I'm Mm. like, take like 20 of those things out. Right. (laughs) But I forget, like I think... And I don't know if you're, if you, if you ladies are like this, but I always feel like, uh, maybe this is how I was raised. Isn't everybody doing 50 things a day? No, slow no, it down. Slow it down. I think I'm hearing that. <clears throat> yeah. I think what I started doing is looking at what my end goal is. Like, what am I actually trying to achieve here? Like, am I, do I have yeah. goals this month? Do I have goals this week? Am I just busy doing a bunch of nothing? Because that's super exhausting, actually. That's how people, I think, really can burn out. When I prioritize what I need to get done and want to get done, mm. I feel so much more fulfilled. I mm-hmm. feel so much more accomplished because it's actually getting done. Check the box and moving on as opposed to having ideas, because Amy, we're probably similar in that, we're idea people. Constantly thinking and, I mean, I had so much trouble sleeping as a kid because Mm -hmm. of that. I'd go to bed with a million ideas. I'm like, go to sleep, I'm so tired. Oh, me too. Um, Right? And so it, I think now it's more about like, what am I really, really trying to do here? What am I, what are my actual like end goal? Um, plans and and working backwards. Yeah, There's great. like huge power in working backwards and it's super simple. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, looking at the, um, yeah, like what that timeline may look like or is this real reality, realistic right now in my life? Or does this maybe need to wait till another time? Right. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, I love that. Oh, I that feel like is I so write good. That down. Yeah. yeah, I know. I yeah, having a, like coach. having a direction and a goal. Yeah, hmm. you do have so many goals. But I had a business coach once because I used to always like be like ten thousand things on my calendar, and she mm-hmm. was like, "Alex, sometimes you have to slow things down to speed things up." You know, right? I was like, "This is a good theory." Yeah, but yeah. Well, it is as long as people understand what that means for them, mm-hmm. right? Because people hear things and then they're like, "But how do I implement?" those Mm, things, right? right? So I think for anybody listening that's maybe struggling or wondering how they actually can execute goals that they have for themselves is first and foremost, you've got to write it down. Mm -hmm. You actually have to see what that goal is. Is that realistic? Are we trying to, you know, win a lottery? Well, okay. I mean, (laughs) what are the odds here, (laughs) right? Or are we trying to plan for a trip? Do we have, you know, is it a finance Um, thing that we're, you know, trying to work through? Or is it a logistics of scheduling? Is it planning um, work and that sort of thing? There's so many, right? So Mm -hmm. the list could continue going longer. There's so many things to look at. So if we write it down and we actually see what that goal is that we want to accomplish, then we start you know, chipping away at it, so to speak. So I would say like you have subcategories under a goal. Mm -hmm. Those subcategories begin like, the execution pieces. So, you know, how long will this take? What kind of, you know, financial means do I need for this? Who's involved? Do I need time off for my kids? Am I, you know, setting my 
um, signature to auto response, I'm out of office, you know, am I not? Am I working on the go so I can execute and make that happen? So. And have you always been like this? Because I feel like you are le- you lived my childhood dream of like living in New York and LA. Mm-hmm. Like you saw a goal and you went for it. It's just, do you just have that focus or did you hone it in or, yeah. Yeah, I, hmm, let me think about that. I would say I always felt very ambitious. And there's a couple of times in my life that if I look back are very pivotal uh, and not always where it, where it felt like it made sense. So uh, one, a, a quick story I'll tell you is, so I was really young and my family's huge. So I grew up in Manitoba, the middle of nowhere. Um, if you actually physically look on a map, it looks like it's like, you know, the farthest <laughs> north that you could go on the globe. Um, and so small town, um, you know, my parents, we've got, I've got three younger brothers and my mom's family's huge. And so every uh, holiday, so the main holidays. Um, for us, we celebrated Christmas growing up, Easter, Thanksgiving, and we would all get together. Um, so when my grandmother was still alive, it was like a non-negotiable. As when she passed, you know, family just kind of, you know, breaks down a little bit. But uh, we would get together as a family, and I have over sixty first cousins. So oh just do the math on that. It's a huge family. Yeah. And so we'd have like eighty of us at a gathering, all like relatives, right? And we'd have to rent like halls and this and that. And so I always liked sitting at the adults table. Well, do you think the adults wanted a 10-year-old at the table? No. But my parents, my mom never told me to, I had to go. Um, And I only wanted this as I understood the conversations that they were having. And, you know, I, I really would... I didn't want to just be around like a bunch of kids screaming and running. And I liked doing things. If we were doing something, going skating, you know, setting up a fort or whatever, I was all in. But sometimes I was just like, I'd rather sit at the adult table and chat over there. And so my uncle, I would always ask questions. Why, why are you saying this? Or what do you mean by that? Or where did you go and tell me more? And so my uncle this one time uh, told me like to stop asking questions. I was asking too too many questions just to be quiet. And uh, my mom was like, no, like she can ask questions if she wants. Just maybe she won't ask you. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> rude guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. And so it was kind of like, you know, very much, um, you know, and it, you know, looking back, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, like that's not very nice. But the fact that my mom was like, no, like you're allowed to ask questions or whatever. And so, um, and many of my aunts and uncles loved, I could sit and chat with them. So recently my uncle came over and um, he's here helping my cousin um, build a a property. And um, he remembered that he's like, oh, I remember you were sitting always around the table and it was always fun hearing you talk. And because I'd pull things out of people. I yeah. wanted to know more. If you're going to tell a story, I want to know more about it. Like, mm. you know, because I, my ideas, my vision of what was out there, because I grew up in a very small town, very in a bubble. Um, we went to church every Sunday. My parents like dragged me to like <laughs> a youth group and all this. <laughs> I'm like, and screaming. Kind of. <laughs> um, and I understand, you know, looking back why they did it, but I did not like it because I felt forced and yeah. I wanted to have my own ideas. And um, and so, yeah, I, I just really, I looked to 
have big ideas and be around big ideas and be around people that were having those big conversations. And I knew that that wasn't happening happening where I grew up. So I went to the States because I was in beauty at the time. So that's where, you know, I had to be kind of to be on the pulse of, of, you know, what was moving and shaking in the beauty industry. So right. seems yeah. like just a natural curiosity too. I would say that yeah. about myself. I'm yeah. just genuinely curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, I once heard a quote from an anchor woman and it stuck with me and it was, you know, women, we can have it all. We just can't have it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so speaking, and that stuck with me and I always think about that. And so, um, you know, speaking about goals and things like that, and for our listeners listening, I think we at this table can all agree, our kids are a little bit older now. Mm-hmm. And so probably your work life and your family life looked a little different when the kids were younger and needing a bit more time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I always feel like now I look back at women with babies and things and I go, oh, enjoy it. You know, it goes so fast. But in the time, you're so busy doing other things and maybe you don't have time. So has there ever been any times, like if you look back with your kid's childhood, do you ever feel like, oh, I wish I would have taken more time or or do you feel like, you know, you kind of, you, you took the time? I think there is two pieces to answer that for okay. me. And the one piece is that I lived in New York, when Luca was little, lived close to um, where I was building my business. So it was really easy for me to, you know, come back um, and bring him along and that sort of thing. So I was fortunate to have um, a nanny who could help when we weren't there. My husband worked full, full, full extra time um, and I was building a business. So I don't have any regrets um, for those earlier years. But what happened fast forward uh, with more than one school and now moving to Los Angeles and having two children, mm-hmm. I ended up, the area that we lived in in Los Angeles was very far to where my school was. Um, and the drive was about an hour and a half. So for anybody listening who's been to Los Angeles, who has driven on a freeway, you will fully understand what I mean. (laughs) I would go down the PCH, hit the 10, um, and head downtown. Uh, And it was long. And I would drop uh, the boys off at school. One was in preschool, one was in um, elementary school. And I didn't get back. And same with my husband. He would go even earlier than me. So he could. He only had to have 40 minutes in the car because if he left when I left, he'd be two hours because he was going to Hollywood. So it was exhausting. It's even exhausting thinking about it now mm. because it was a very big chunk of time. It was about six and a half years of that. Um, and I felt drained and I felt so worn out um, and wanting to be with my kids more wasn't an option unless like I couldn't take them with me at that point. Right. So now the shift of their ages, right. They're no longer, you know, at home. Portable. Portable. Yeah. yeah. They're going to school and I'm driving um, because in Los Angeles as a whole, it's quite, quite common. Yeah. It's very spread out. And so that piece of two and a half to three hours a day started to really wear and burn me out Mm -hmm. and wear on me. And so I ended up, yeah, making some shifts and some changes. My husband and I did, and we moved obviously as everybody listening will now know um, to uh, Canada, to the Okanagan. Mm -hmm. And so those years, I can't ever get back we had so many amazing memories and so many good times, but three hours every day that I could have like, yeah, I, I'm so glad we made that move and mm-hmm. shift and it didn't wasn't another six or seven years because then I would have had some big regrets. So mm-hmm. we nipped yeah. it in the bud. Yeah. yeah. 
So I want to tap into your business brain a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I'm always curious, and this is a question I ask a lot of people that I think are big business icons. What is the best business advice you ever received and or maybe that you would give? Um, okay, the best business advice I've ever received, uh, one I mentioned, but I didn't say exactly what it was. So back when I started the school, my first school in New York, um, out of the apartment, my husband said, wait till there's a line at the door. And when you're in it, um, you're kind of like, oh, really? Like, I got to wait? What do you mean? Like, you're not going to support me to have, you know, space. And, and he was so supportive in everything. So what he meant by that is wait until people keep coming so that you're guaranteed that mm. your room is full. Mm-hmm. because if you have this big idea and you get space, and for me, I was going to be renting in Manhattan. This is not, you're not renting for a year. Right. <laughs> you're, you know, you've, you're locking in five-year leases or more, right? Yeah. And so he said, wait till there's a line out the door. And I could only take four students in my apartment um, school. And, and for anybody listening, it's not weird or uncom- uh, un- unusual to have a business in your apartment. Um, there's a lot of fashion designers, you know, PR companies work from their tables. Like it's very common in New York because it's just, it's Manhattan. It's busy. Um, expensive. yeah, Expensive. And also just like everything's, it's just the way it is. There's a lot of people and, you know, to have that in, in your apartment is not weird. So, I, but I didn't want to stay there that long, right? Four people, but I had big dreams. So wait till a line, wait till you have a line outside the door just meant that, you know, you've got the people, you've got people coming, you've got, you're onto something. Mm. Um, and I've never looked back since then. So I took space in Manhattan and continue to grow and thrive and I'm still there. So mm. um and that and then another um, somebody said um, that I worked with during Fashion Week. I had not lived in um, America yet. I was uh, traveling to New York for Fashion Week. Uh, this was in September, uh, back in I don't even remember two thousand and five or something like that. And um, I was backstage, and there was a hair team, and we were the makeup team. And um, and so I'm going back to Calgary after wanting to move to the States, New York, LA, wherever. Um, I hadn't moved yet. And um, so I'm chatting with the lead hairstylist who actually owned the salon that was the hair sponsor for these shows that we were doing. And I was there with the hair, with the makeup team, with the makeup company that was sponsoring it. So we were backstage for the entire like three days, four days. Um, We did about 10 shows over those four days. Mm. Very busy, very fun, high vibes, loved it. And so fast forward, I meet this person. His name is Julian, owner of a salon in New York City, and we became friends. Um, And so now I had moved to LA, never really kept close in touch. Like he lives in New York or, and, and so, but I'm now I'm moving to New York. Um, fast forward, I met my husband. We traveled, uh, did long distance back and forth. So now I'm moving to New York City. So I was like, oh, I'm going to grab a coffee with Julian. Pick his brain, right? Yeah, Pick yeah. his brain on business because he's yeah, got a salon smart. in Manhattan on um, Madison Avenue. Uh, and he's from Italy. So he comes, very, I'm from Canada. I'm moving to America, right? Let me pick his brain. This piece of advice he says, so this is the long-winded, sorry for anybody listening, but here's it. here's the answer to that question. Um, he said, what do you want to do? And I answered, and it was something in makeup. And he said, stop, think about that, and just do that. 
So mm-hmm. it was super simple. We were having coffee and he said, just because I was like, oh, you know, could I do makeup at your salon? Or I'm thinking, you know, maybe I need to get a retail job like at Mac, you know, or one of the um, beauty stores before, you know, I get my visas approved, this and that. He goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, I love teaching and I love, you know, doing makeup. And he's like, so focus on that. Mm. Like stop and think about that and focus Mm. on that. And that stuck with me. So simple. He probably didn't even know he was really saying something that would impact anything that I would continue thinking about. But those are probably the two things is just focus on what you want to do. Wow. Yeah. Um, And so a huge thing that I always say to um, our students and, you know, the thousands and thousands of graduates that we have now is consistency is key. Mm Mm-hmm. If you stick to what you genuinely love to do, which they come into, you know, taking training at our school and love makeup, um, there's the power of just time that, you know, you put that effort into something you're really passionate about. Um, It really does work to your benefit and pay off. So just stick to it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Those are powerful. Just do it. I know we tend, I'm a chronic overthinker for sure. (laughs) Okay. Tell us a little bit about, so obviously, you know, through the years, your businesses have evolved and your newest is the Chic, uh, the Chic Experience, the Chic Community. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that, kind of how that came about. And you have a really exciting upcoming uh, event, which most of us, unless you live under a rock, know about here in the Okanagan. (laughs) But uh, tell us a little bit more about it. I know there's more being revealed every day Mm -hmm. and every week there's new. So give us the up date version of what's going on. Okay. So the whole evolution of the Chic Experience came about um, from just years and years of doing events. So I have a school, I have brick and mortar, um, have same with LA, uh, Denver's a pop-up, but everything about Chic Studios is an experience. So when somebody is coming to our school, you're not just coming to a classroom. You're coming to, you know, we've got, you know, photo backdrops. We're doing fo- fashion. We're doing photo shoots. We're, you know, we've got coffee, tea. We've got an espresso bar. Like everything, it's not just your regular space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything I do, I think about how, what would I want? Mm-hmm. How would I feel in this space? And I just, try and, you know, ask a few other people and or see other people, right? If you go to a busy coffee shop, it's because people like going there, right? It's like lean into what what you're kind of seeing that works. Um, and so I love experiences. I love people really connecting to whatever is happening. So whether it's an event, whether it's a conference, a workshop, so on and so forth. So I was feeling a bit stuck in... Um, I guess the overall branding of doing events and I was just doing them under Chic Studios, but some events I do are not makeup (laughs) related. They're more business or there may be masterclasses or, you know, maybe they're more in um, marketing or social media or, you know, photography and so on, Um, networking, all of that. Mm -hmm. So I just paused and thought and wrote it down and was like, "Mm, okay, what am I, what am I sitting with here? And decided to actually brand everything I do under the Chic Experience, which is events, conferences, and the Chic Retreat. So the retreat, um, which you mentioned, if you're living not living under a rock, you'll know about. Um, yes. <laughs> so that's happening March 10th, 11th, and 12th here in the Okanagan. Um, and for those listening that don't know about it, it's on, um, everything's on the website. It's uh, thechicexperience.ca. Um, the Instagram is at the underscore chic underscore experience. But something about that that most people don't know is the whole um, kind of brainchild of the Chic Retreat really happened when I lived in Los Angeles. So an area that we lived, um, which is right 
on the ocean. Uh, it's called Malibu. And so that drive that I was saying, I would go off the PCH and hit the highway. I did every day. So that drive, I would pass this hotel that was being built. Um, beautiful, stunning on the ocean. Um, small boutique hotel. It's called Nobu. It is there still and now. Um, first of its kind, um, very upscale. And I just dream big. And so I envisioned having the chic retreat, bringing people together um, through my um, connections and community in the States. Um, and just kept that idea kind of going fast forward. Um, I moved to Canada and, um, you know, COVID and everything happened with the last few years. And um, I went to this place called Sparkling Hill and I couldn't unsee it. And I, you know, am a realist. So I'm not going to plan something when I'm not living there. Um, I was like, it's got to be here and it's got to be here um, and bring everyone together and, and make now it. sold out twice. Yes. 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 To my pleasant surprise. <laughs> That's a funny story too, because well, for both you, Alex and Amy sitting here, you know more about this, but um, for anybody listening, uh, always believe in yourself. Cause if you have a dream or you have ideas, um, you're the one that's going to do it. So do it. <laughs> um, and that was the chic, you know, retreat at Sparkling Hill. I, took a handful of rooms, uh, about 30, and thought, okay, well, you know, we'll have 60, you know, maybe. Maybe I'll have to give back some rooms. And, and you know, spoke to the, the hotel and event mm. plan- manager on that. And then those sold quickly because I think people partially maybe, you know, trusted my vision, but also partially wanted to connect with like-minded women and the whole mm. um, idea of coming together and just being there and being grounded and and not having to be anywhere else and, and doing it for yourself. Um, and so then that's where the second time um, we ended up selling those out in three weeks and then taking more rooms and selling those out in about a week. Um, so yeah, we're officially sold out max capacity and um, there'll be a day pass, which is more conference style on the the March 11th date. And then a gala um, on March 11th evening, um, there's a handful of tickets to the gala. The day um, is officially sold out. Okay, I was yeah. gonna ask you that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, and you sold out fast the first time. I don't yeah. know. If, I don't think you thought that was going to happen. No, I no. did not. <laughs> I, know, I thought I was at least maybe giving rooms back. I just didn't know. Yeah, I was, it went quick. I was, it did. Yeah. And I'm really proud of it and can't wait to bring everyone together. It's going to be epic. It's going to be good. Well, it's yeah. good to your PR team. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at her. Okay, yeah, looking exactly. at her right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do have a team and I call them the dream team, but yeah. yes, it is. It is all um, in my brain in the idea and the planning and the... Um, uh, but I always love to ask other people their thoughts and everything. So um, I think you, you don't, I don't do anything, you know, on my own. It's never just me. Yeah. Um, so I'm always proud of everything that I do with others. That's yeah. awesome. Well, that's important to add. And I'm happy mm-hmm. you said that because, you know, I think someone like myself, especially, you know, that's a thing. I mean, that's a whole other topic, but, you know, we look at social media and we look at things and, you know, I think, oh my gosh, she's putting together this whole chic experience, but there is a team behind you. It's not mm-hmm. one person. So it's not one mom with kids and a wife, you know, doing everything. Right. It's like, it's important for us to remember it's often a team of people. A hundred percent. Like maybe my standards for myself. <laughs> maybe you could, yeah. <laughs> oh, I Take wish we could talk to Amy forever though. But, I know. Uh, yeah. Oh, we'll have to ever get back. Yeah. Yeah. We have but, a few uh, rapid, we have a few fire. rapid fire questions Absolutely. before we go. But we'll keep them short because I just have two today. My number one was, 
what's something in motherhood that you've learned that kind of surprised you? Oh gosh, something in motherhood that has surprised me is definitely how adaptable children are, mm. how really truly if if we are good, if we're happy and they're coming along that they are really going to be good. They'll mm. be they'll be totally okay. Right. That's yeah. that's good so advice. True. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then maybe for anyone who's maybe a newer mom out there, what's something like, because you know when we're all about to be parents and whatever, that we have all these worries and concerns. You go back to say, you know, pre-kid self, when you were thinking about what it was like to have a kid, what's a piece of advice that you would tell yourself, like, you don't have to worry about that. Just let that go. Oh my gosh. I've never been, I've never even thought of that. What is a piece of advice that... Sorry, I didn't mean to put you under pressure. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, oh, You know what? A huge, the, two that answer that question. So one, your kid has to be potty trained at, I mean, what age is it? Like two and they need to be walking by one and you've got to breastfeed for a year, right? Those are kind of stigmas a bit. Mm-hmm. No. None of that. <laughs> Let it go. Your kid will walk when they're ready. They will talk when they're ready. Yeah. Keep working with them. Keep having them evolve, but things will happen when the timing's right. Um, if you need resources, most of the time they're out there um, or, you know, ask um, if, you know, if something's not developing that way. And, um, but but don't put so much pressure mm-hmm. um, because even the breastfeeding thing, like I breastfed Rocco for just three months and had s- some guilt, but reality was like, this is like him and I both being mm-hmm. done. This wasn't me just being like, I'm I'm just not doing it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So I think just not being so hard on yourself and just realizing like your kids will develop when they develop, they will be totally fine and just don't stress about the little things, like right? Mm-hmm. Make sure they're fed, make sure they're clean, make sure <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> and it'll all work they, out. they get a good sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's good. That is good They'll advice. be fine. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. And then I know you mentioned a few handles and stuff. Where's the best place you want people to follow you? We'll put it all there, but... Yeah, I think my Instagram has everything in my bio. So at Amy Nicole Cohen, A-M-Y-N-I-C-O-L-E-C-O-H-E-N. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks, Amy. My gosh, that could be a five-hour show. We could keep talking to you. <laughs> thanks so much for coming. We appreciate it. And thanks for all your tidbits. And we look forward to hearing more about the Chic Retreat and uh, more from the Chic Experience. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Thanks, ladies. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working? What's not working? How we can support you? What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.